Welcome, listeners. This is time for episode 105 of the Slump Buster Podcast. I'm your host, Juju Talk Sports, and my guest today is going to be Joe Mori of Joe Mori Sports and the Warzone Sports Network. On today's episode, we talk the giant surprising season, Trevor Bauer, and break down the AFC West. But before we do that, folks, let's give a shout out to our partners. Caveman Coffee Co. Caveman is a fantastic single source, single origin goodness from a company with impeccable taste and ethics. The people behind it are beautiful souls, and the coffee is delicious fuel for the never-ending quest to do better be better, love harder, and enjoy deeper. Guys, I tell you, their Nitro Cold Brew is the perfect blend of energy and refreshment in the morning. Great way to start the day. But why stop there? They have their Mammoth Blends, which I highly encourage you getting. They have their Hibiscus Teas, which are delicious. And guys, if you use our promo code SLUMP, you get 15% off your next purchase of any of these fantastic products. CavemanCoffeeCo.com, promo code SLUMP. Guys, don't be a chump. Use promo code SLUMP and get yourself a case today. All right, folks, it's time to enter the war zone. Joe Morley, Juju Talk Sports. Let's get it. Let's bust a slump and let's enjoy. Welcome to Slump Busters. It's time for episode 105 and I am feeling alive. I don't know if I can say the same about our guest, though, as he's going on his third podcast of the day, a real trooper. I got to say, Joe, how are you feeling going into this? Oh, I'm excited. I'm ready to go. Like I said, pump me up with coffee, pump me up with some monsters. I'm ready. Go! We'll just get the uh, needle from like Pulp Fiction, just jam it in her chest and get some adrenaline running through you. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> that might be what we need to get this going for you. Appreciate you coming on, obviously taking the time. Like you mentioned, it is a long day for you. And hell, it's been a busy week. I just saw you got an opportunity to go to a training camp. How was that experience? Yeah, that was awesome. I went down to actually two training camps. So I went to Rams training camp. And then the next day I turned around and went to the Chargers training camp. If you haven't been to an NFL training camp, uh, I don't know what took me so long to go. Awesome. Get the inside of the little bit of the teams. They're not my teams, but I know, of course, I follow the NFL and you get to see somebody. So like I fell in love with Jalen Ramsey of how big he is, where he was moving around, how fast he was on the field. Like I said, I'm not a Rams fan, but it was just something to look into. Justin Herbert, another guy to see great live in person so yeah I, I will definitely be going back to training camps i'll tell you that being these close to these gigantic human beings you mentioned Jalen ramsey's size kind of threw you for a loop who was like the most imposing guy that you just couldn't miss when you saw him on the field no that was him that was Jalen ramsey that was Jalen ramsey so it just completely oh, yeah. took your eyes like holy crap this guy's a huge dude a lot bigger than i was expecting I couldn't watch anything else but Jalen Ramsey at Rams practice. Chargers was a little bit different because they were a little farther away from us when they were scrimmaging. But of course, Derwin James was standing there. Keenan Allen's route running was something to watch on its own. Like you can see why he's one of the top wide receivers in the league, just his route running alone. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey, I just kept watching at Rams camp. And then Justin Herbert, every time he threw that ball, I had to watch. Like it was like, whoo. It was a nice, nice ball. I said in your guys' live chat, dude just has a straight-up rocket launcher on him. It's amazing that he was able to slip in the draft to where he did uh, slip past uh, the Dolphins there at five. And I think that's one of those things that if you're the Dolphins front office, you're looking at and cringing at. They won't come out and say that, but I, you know they are. Well, considering that they were already talking potential to a trade discussions, after his first year, had some Josh Rosen vibes. Uh, yeah, seeing, and then you just see Justin Herbert out there just looking like an absolute superstar. And we'll definitely <laughs> talk a lot of Herbert on this podcast. Uh, that definitely um, made them have an instant regret in their decision-making processes there. I agree with you. I'm not a big Tua fan, but we don't need to get into that right now. 
Speaking of your fanhoods, though, speaking of your biases, last time we were on, probably didn't expect the MLB season to go quite as it has to this point. These guys right here, these San Francisco Giants leading Major League Baseball in wins. I guess I made the smart decision and burning my bad luck hat. And uh, hey, it's worked out for us this year. But uh, you guys, though, have just been loading up, though, at the deadline, making that Max Scherzer trade, the Trey Turner trade. Uh, how has that really affected your lineup in the last couple of weeks? Trey Turner is a beast. We all know what Max Scherzer is, and he's towards the end of his career, and we expect him to be good, but not great like he was. But when they threw Trey Turner in that trade, I was like, whoo! That was the guy I was more excited about. And not only do we get him the rest of this year, they get him next year as well, and he makes a big difference. The Dodgers haven't missed somebody. Yes, they had Mookie Betts, but Mookie Betts isn't a Trey Turner kind of speed. Mookie Betts is, is different, but I take Trey Turner at the top of my lineup with Mookie Betts batting behind him or third, and it makes our lineup a lot better. I, like This this guy's going from first to home in no time on little infield hits, and you're like, whoo. And I don't know if you saw the slide that he made. It made like They made memes about that slide now where he's just sliding in and like popping up like it's casual. Uh, they did sign Cole Hamels, but just came out right now that he's out for the rest of the season. He didn't even pitch one time for the Dodgers. He's already out for the season. So don't worry about Cole Hamels coming in if you're expecting that. But the Giants just don't lose, man. They, they don't miss. What's that thing that you just don't miss? They, the Dodgers just swept the Mets and we're still four games back. What the hell? Yeah, just Farhan Zaidi, what he's been able to do and just picking up these guys on bargain deals. Uh, entire pitching staff, Kevin Gosman, Discofani, Alex Wood, uh, one-year deals, and they are just been amazing lights-out production from those guys. How they're getting Logan Webb. In the last couple months, he, since coming off the IL, he's had a 1.7-something ERA. And yeah, they just had that right mix of ingredients. It has that very magical Giants vibes that I got when they had those championship runs in the early 2010s. With that said, I still look at your guys' roster and it just is still imposing. And then when they added Trey Turner, yes, that was the biggest thing that really threw me off in that whole exchange there. When I saw Max Scherzer in the deal, wow, but get Trey Turner in there. I thought they were going to go quiet into the deadline. Danny Duffy, I thought their big addition. And he too, you talk about guys, I guess, bad luck. Cole Hamels going instantly on the injured list. Danny Duffy, I just saw got transferred to the 60-day IL as well. But I think ultimately that's just a huge declaration that they don't anticipate Trevor Bauer is going to be back at any point this season. What do you think, Joe, on that one? Trevor Bauer, have we seen him pitch his last game in a Dodger uniform? I want to say yes. I don't want to speculate on anything that's going on because I we don't know. But the way it's seeming, it's like Major League Baseball is going to keep him out as long as possible. I know he has like court dates or whatever this month. Uh, then there's that rumor that came out that the Dodgers players don't even want him back. I would say there's like a 25% chance that we actually see him pitch for the Dodgers again this year. I'm not looking forward to it. I think the Dodgers themselves, when, when they went out and got Scherzer, they were probably thinking like, yeah, we're not going to see Bauer back this year too. Uh, just the way they made that move. I mean, I would love to see him back because he's a Cy Young award-winning pitcher and he was doing all right. And the Dodgers need pitching right now, especially with Kershaw hurt, Urias is hurt. Like you said, Danny Duffy's hurt. Cole Hamels just went on. He's gone. Uh, all these guys are getting hurt. But yeah, he ain't, he's not coming back. Yeah, the most recent thing that just came out, so there was an allegation that he also had another 2020 uh, disturbance or a woman seeking a temporary restraining order. And I guess that one is still yet to process here in the next couple of days. That going on with the MLB investigation, 
But yeah, no, I definitely think that that situation with them is just definitely them safeguarding their roster. As far as the entirety of the NL West, I, I think the fact that the Dodgers went out there and acquired Max Scherzer too definitely helps them when it comes to that playoff game. Because at the moment, it's looking like the Giants should be able to wrap up the division. You know, not getting a little too overconfident here, but I do like their chances that they literally have to go 24 and 20 for the rest of the season to win 100 games. And at that point, the division seems like it would be a little bit of a wrap. But that wild card game, you're putting out there the potential of either putting Walker Bueller or Max Scherzer. I think that that should safeguard you in the event you have to face the Padres or hell, even the Padres are starting to slip up a little bit. You're seeing the Reds start to close in on them. The Padres aren't as safe a lock as they were at one point in the season. As a Dodger fan, I was never really scared of the Padres. I was never a team that scared me because I always knew that even like last year in the 60-game season, they broke down in the 60-game season. So I was never uh, really worried about the Padres. You always knew that they're at one point they were going to break down. And I've been waiting for the Giants to do that, and the Giants haven't done that. But from everything I've read and looked into, the if you look in the strength of schedule, if you take any of that into it, they said the Giants have a very hard strength of schedule left, and the Dodgers have an easier one. So the Dodgers have a chance. Is it looking harder and harder each day? Yes, because it sucks that every time the Dodgers get a win, the Giants get a win. Every time the Dodgers lose, the Giants lose. It's like, what are you guys doing? We can't catch up that way. We need to win some games. Um, I hope the Padres fall out because the Padres have had the Dodgers number this year. And that's the only thing I'm, I'm worried about is if we don't get that number one spot. Because either way, whoever wins the NL West should have the number one spot. You drop down to number four, and then now you're playing that one game play on, right? And it's like, anything can happen in that. Well, you never know because the Giants and Dodgers, let's say they beat up on each other. The Brewers are sneaking up too. the Brewers with one of the top pitching staffs in the league um, that I thought was very underrated. And that's seeing that their former MVP, Christian Yelich, isn't even having a good year. They're just been able to put up like consistent production as well. Uh, making a few key acquisitions throughout the year. But the NLS has just been a lot of fun to watch this year, other than the fact that the Diamondbacks exist at the bottom of it. <laughs> Surprisingly, though, speaking of the Padres decline, Literally no hit the Padres this past weekend. How about that one? Major League debut for the kid throws a no hitter in front of his dad. Where do you go from there? You threw a no hitter in your major league debut. Like you just, just retire. Just, yeah, just be done. You're done. Exactly. For the Diamondbacks, like you know it's gonna be a lot of rough years from that point forward. Just move on with your career. You you threw a no hitter in your debut. You're in the record books forever, kid. Retire on top. It's like that Seinfeld episode with Costanza. Walk out with on a good joke. That's what I gotta learn to do. We'll just leave the room after getting one, one good punchline. We'll get in dad joke and I'm out. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And like, oh, I'm out of here, guys. Thank you. All right, man. Well, I know you've been talking a lot of AFC West on a lot of your recent shows, but I'm here to run it back. You're going to do it again because we are I'm going ready. through our division previews, man. We went through the North. We went through the East. We travel on down South. Now it's time to head on to the West Coast. And starting first, going up from the bottom of the division, we're going to be talking about those Denver Broncos. So last season finished 5-11. and 11. Now the Vegas line has them right now at eight and a half wins. We did an Instagram poll and the Slump Busters, our fans on Instagram, 75% of them voted for them to hit the under. I myself, I have the Denver Broncos finishing as 5-12 and 12 this year. Now, I do like their defense. I do like a lot of the additions that they've made along that. I know they had a lot of trouble with their offensive line, but it goes back to that old saying that if you have two quarterbacks, you really have none. And I don't have a lot of faith in either of these two guys, whether it be Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke. I have to echo a lot of the sentiment of what your uh, co-host Mike said. I'm not a big Drew Locke guy. 
but I know I'm not a big Teddy guy either. And I don't think that the Broncos are going to be able to succeed that way with a game manager. Yeah. My co-host Mike is a big Drew Locke hater and I'm not on that road yet. I think Drew Locke has a lot of potential. They need to pick their quarterback. I don't think either one of them is great. That's going to make that big of a difference. Maybe one or two games here or there. That defense though, that Bronco defense is what everybody should be excited about. You even saw it in their first preseason game against the Vikings where they, uh, where Patrick Sertain took one back to the house. They <laughs> made that one happy, made some people happy there. I think that's what Denver is going to have to go off. If you look at their team on paper, it's a, it's a, it's actually a really good. This whole division, probably one of the best divisions in the NFL, if you think about it. But the Denver Broncos on paper have a really good team. Vic Vangio, I've talked about Vic Vangio a couple of times on a couple of programs. And I think he gets a little bit uh, conservative towards the end of the game, uh, like an old school coach does, uh, where he just needs to keep it going. They're bringing back some good offense. Melvin Gordon's already hurt, but it's cool because I'm a big Javante Williams fan and I love him. And I don't, I didn't want to see him go to the Broncos, but he's there. I think he's going to ball out. Court and Sutton's back for him. I don't know. I like Drew Locke. I'm not as low as them uh, as as you are. You what'd you say? You gave him five wins. I gave him five wins, so five and twelve this year. So I'm looking at mine. I gave him seven and ten, and I still fourth in the division. I, I put him at seven and ten, fourth in the division. I did have them splitting a lot of the division games. Uh, I think I had them splitting with the Raiders. I had them splitting with the Chargers. And that's going to help their record a little bit. But I do think that overall, no matter what you think of Drew Locke, no matter what you think of Teddy Bridgewater, I think the undisputed thing, though, is they have the fourth best quarterback in the division. Because Derek Carr, say what you want about him, he is consistent. And he did put up statistically one of his best years last season. Justin Herbert just praised the kid earlier, and we're going to praise him a lot more as this podcast goes on. And then, of course, Patrick Mahomes is looking like a future Hall of Famer. It's hard for me to see the Broncos really rising above, and that just screams mediocrity. That just screams being around that five win. Like you said, they're high end, maybe seven wins. I could see that being their ceiling. But I I could definitely see their floor being about four to five wins just based off the division around them. Hell, even the AFC, I don't even know where their quarterback really ranks in a very competitive AFC with a lot of great young quarterbacks. And I think that that overall just means the Broncos, especially with a sitting duck head coach. I love Thick Fangio, obviously. Niners defensive coordinator for many years led us to a Super Bowl. But it was always kind of a weird hire in the first place whenever he did get the head coaching job. And I don't think that he has enough uh, tangibles to keep it past this season. If I remember right, Vic Vangio, Niner fans owe Vic Vangio a lot. Because if I remember correctly, the Niners were going to hire Adam Gase. But the only thing is they wanted Vic Vangio as the defense coordinator. He said no or something like like that. So, um, yeah, you guys owe Vic Vangio. <laughs> That's a funny thing to think about. I didn't even think about that one too much. But um, Adam Gase, man, would it be worse than the fact we hired Chip Kelly? I mean, how we hired Jim yeah. Tom Sula? Either way, those were two years after Jim Harbaugh that Niners fans would just like to forget. At least Adam Gase would have been entertaining, have one of those press conferences where his eyes were darting around. I, I don't know if that's better or worse than Jim Tom Sula sitting in a press conference and literally farting on <laughs> while the thing is yeah, going um, on very audibly. Oh. Mike Singletary pulling his pants down. I love Mike Singletary. That was one of the greatest <laughs> coaching rants of all time. You play or not. What am I? You play to win the game. I'm thinking Herm Edwards no, here. Come on, dude. It's green. Yeah, exactly. You want to crowd him? Crowd him. <laughs> yeah. That's Actually, one of the best conferences. Side tangent. What is the best coaching meltdown in press conference? Well, the one that comes to mind is a college one to me. Was it Gundy? Oklahoma oh, State? Oh, Mike Gundy. I mean, he's like, I'm a man. I'm 40. 
<laughs> like he's going off. Uh, and then the one I personally seen from my personal team was Bill Callahan after the Raiders uh, went, you know, the season after they went to the Super Bowl. When he called, he goes, they have to be the dumbest team in America calling his own team. I mean, you lost your team when you call them dumb. So, well, when you have your uh, star offensive lineman going out and partying in Mexico before the Super Bowl, maybe that <laughs> is, maybe he was right or onto something with that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right on to the next team in the division so those los angeles chargers that you just got to see live and in person so last season they finished seven and nine vegas has them at a nine and a half betting line and the slump buster audience on instagram has them exceeding that at 55 percent uh voting for the over now myself i have these chargers also with the over i have them going 11 and six and I think with the additions of Derwin James back to their lineup, hopefully the kid can stay healthy. Uh, Joey Bosa, again, health concerns. I, I think health concerns are something that a lot of Chargers fans would just in general echo when it comes to their team. But if this team can stay on the field, that they made modest improvements to their offensive line, which is ultimately going to be what's going to keep Justin Herbert upright. And then Jalen Guyton, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. I love that wide receiving core. Overall, I think the Chargers are set up to have a big year. The only thing that could hold them back, I think, is the rookie head coach, Brandon Staley. Kind of came yeah. out of nowhere last season. Uh, obviously led the number one Rams defense, but a very top-heavy veteran-led Rams defense to begin when, when you have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey a lot of your decision-making is taken out for you. If he can be at least an improvement over Anthony Lynn in terms of time management, that's already a win for Chargers fans. I don't want to come off like I'm bashing the Chargers. I I, I think the Chargers are a good team. Uh, like you said, injuries is going to be their main thing. And it's been, it's been bothering them at camp. A linebacker, Kenneth Murray, the first-round pick last year, he's been in and out of camp. I just read that Slater... Uh, who had a great preseason game. He hurt his back. He set out of camp. Mike Williams set out of camp uh, today. Derwin James, of course, you want him on the field, but how long is he going to last? He's Has he even lasted a whole NFL season? I don't think he has. Same thing with Boza. You want to see Boza go. And when that team is 100%, when that defense is 100%, that's that's crazy. Two teams in a row that I'm talking about defense, right? When that defense on paper, they're a top three defense in my mind. Um, but they haven't been able to put it together. I'm kind of iffy about the cornerback position this year. Chris Harris is their veteran guy, so we got to wonder what he could do. But the safety position with uh, Adderley and the rest, and uh, and like we said, Derwin James, I like them. The defensive line, is it's okay. It's going to get there. Uh, I am still worried a little bit about that offensive line. Even Corey Lindsey, the center they spent all the money on, their big free agent acquisition, he was hurt early in camp. So the Chargers have to stay healthy for me to start believing in them and start giving them something. But I am going to give them more wins than I gave them last year. I mean, I picked them to win seven games last year. They won seven games, right? This year, I'm giving them nine and a, nine and eight. So I'm going, I guess, under is, because you said nine and a half? Uh, yeah, nine and a half, according to Vegas. So very high line for a team that um, had kind of mediocre success last year. But I think, obviously, Vegas understands that there's a lot of parity in the NFL. And every now and then, there's just a team that comes out of nowhere. And they think the Chargers could be that team. Yeah, they're they're hyping the Chargers up. Chargers are, and they deserve it. They deserve a lot of hype. I for whatever it's worth, and maybe I'm just dumb. <laughs> it could be that, but I cannot buy Austin Eckler as a three down running back at all. I do not see him as my as a star running back, and that kind of holds me back from this offense. And right now, besides Keenan Allen. Mike Williams needs to stay healthy. If he stays healthy, great. They have Palmer coming up uh, as a wide receiver. But other than that, they need to show some more weapons for this young quarterback. So they have some question marks, but I believe that they are still a good team. And that's why I'm going nine and eight route. 
Austin Eckler staying up for three downs. I agree with you. I think that they are going to have to mix and match a little bit. And I don't think they have great running back depth. Like you mentioned, can he be a three down back? He hasn't exceeded, I want to say 200 plus touches, something along that line as his threshold. And one big addition, and this kind of relates obviously into the next team in the division, uh, obviously the loss of Gus Bradley, I think also a veteran defensive coordinator is something to also factor in for the Chargers this season. Of course, Brandon Staley is going to come in and bring his scheme. You would expect him to run a lot more of the play calling. Uh, given his background, but uh, obviously Gus Bradley, a very well-respected defense coordinator in the league. Um, On to your team here, Joe. This is where you can let the bias fly a little bit here. The Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, last season finished eight and eight, uh, modest improvement over the last three years, consistently under Gruden. Uh, Vegas has their betting line though at seven wins, and 57% of the audience is betting the under there. Guess I have it as a push because I have your Raiders going seven and 10. And okay. I do think that they have made some things that make me a little excited. Adding Yannick and Gawkway, I definitely think is a great pass rusher to add to a team, uh, pair him up, of course, with Max Crosby. And they have a little something going on there. They have tried to draft defensive cornerbacks. Hopefully, Jonathan Abrams could be a little bit better as a decision maker for them this year. Uh, their offense can roll, but you definitely do have to consider they did lose Nelson Aguilar, who was one of Derek Carr's favorite targets last year. Hopefully, Henry Ruggs III can really step up in this offense and really take that deep threat role uh, that he didn't seem to really grab the reins on last year. Joe, obviously, you know this team more inside and out. Tell me what you think about the Raiders this year. This is my team right here. Yeah, this is my, I like the Raiders and call me biased or not. I usually pride myself on being a realist Raider fan, right? Uh, last year, I said, they asked me who, what the Raiders were going to say. I said eight and eight. Has it been disappointing to be a Raider fan, especially with John Gruden back? Yes, because they started six and four, both the last two seasons and finished horribly. Seven and nine. And then last year, eight and eight. So they're on that cusp. They just need to finish that second half of the season, right? They just need to get something going. I know a lot of people are down on the Raiders and it's easy to hate on the Raiders. There's a lot of people that have Raider hate. If you could just block the Raider hate out for a little bit when I talk about the Raiders, that's why I tell people, take the hate that you have, get it out and look at these players as if they were on another team. So if this was a whole different team and not the Raiders, like Derek Carr, you brought up Derek Carr. If Derek Carr was on the 49ers, you'd have a whole different thought about it. You'd be like, damn, this is a actually a pretty good quarterback right here but since he's on the Raiders everybody goes oh he's he's not that good but the offense finished 11th last year 11th in the league in total yards with a lot of injuries with a banged up offensive line that people don't like right and that's I think that's another reason that people are are hating on the Raiders is because they got rid of some of the big name offensive linemen that actually didn't do crap spoiler alert they didn't do crap last year Really, the only one that really hurt them, got, they got rid of that, really started every game was Rodney Hudson, the center. Uh, so they'll be starting a, a second-year guy at center, Andre James. But the rest of that offensive line, they have two uh, young tackles. They drafted one, Alex Leatherwood. He looks actually pretty good. And that my favorite wide receiver, Brian Edwards, is having one hell of a camp and they're comparing him to somebody that you know very well Terrell Owens so if he could turn out to be that way it helped Derek Carr out just a little bit I'm not worried about the offense Kenyon Drake is there uh Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake should be a great one-two punch with Drake coming out of the backfield the defense is where we're we're questioning it and I don't know how much of the Raider games you watched last year or anything but anybody who, who's known the Raiders since Derek Carr has been in the league has known the Raiders defense absolutely blows and is garbage. Uh, if you've been a part of the Raider defense for the last six years, 
you're garbage. I'm just going to come out and say it. <laughs> Derek Carr has never been on a Raider team that ha- that's been over 20th best in the league. That's what they focused on this year. Gus Bradley, as you mentioned, has come over. Some Charger fans will be like, well, he sucked. He's not a good quarterback. What I saw in the first preseason game from this Raider defense is something I haven't seen in years. More than one guy standing there when the guy catches the ball. Three or four people were around that ball carrier uh, at all times. The defensive line, and it's preseason, yes, but you can learn a little bit about your team in preseason. They were getting to the quarterback. They're blitzing, which we haven't seen. We saw players play good. Jonathan Abram, one of the guys that you talked, you brought up earlier, he's not making those dumb mistakes. High energy guy, but they've been able to reel him back a little bit. So I think if the defense can improve, and like Gus Bradley has everywhere he's been, he's got him in the top 15. If he does that, sky's the limit for the Raiders. I have them at 10 and 7. Okay, so we're apart here on three games And I think that's what it really came down to, those coin flip games. I just asked myself, man, do I see them pulling off this road win in Indianapolis here late in the year? Do I see them going across the country and pulling this one off? They have, I've heard you say this before, and I've heard many people say this, one of the most difficult schedules in the NFL. And that definitely has been a thing. That's part of the joys and tribulations of whenever you finish uh, second in your division, you get a second place strength of schedule. And I think that definitely does hurt the Raiders going into this year as they continue to try and make improvements. Um, I just don't feel like they're quite there as like a competitive team out of the AFC, but like you said, can they battle for a wild card? Sure. They have an offense that certainly can. They gave the chiefs hell last year. They balled up on Monday night football against the saints Every now and then the Raiders will just throw you for a loop. It's just this continuous trend too later in the year where they've also been getting worse after the Thanksgiving break, I think also worries me. It's because a lot of that falls on Gruden. Obviously, whenever Mark Davis went out there to get him out of retirement, they were expecting this guy to be a top 10 head coach in the league. And I don't know how you feel about it. I don't view him that way. In fact, maybe mid-tier, maybe top 15. I don't know. It's just top 10, like. He's, he's getting paid uh, everything like it. I've read about him. Players still love him. Players still talk all high about him. PFF put him as what? Top five play caller in the league still. Yeah. PFF um, loves head him. coach. Is there something? I think he's loyal to an extent sometimes. And I think Gus Bradley's actually helping him get through that because he was loyal to Paul Gunther for way too long. He should have got rid of him as a defense coordinator. And Gruden has, for some reason, I don't know, in my opinion, he doesn't like playing the younger players when he should. And I think, and what I'm seeing in camp this year is Gus Bradley's like, no, no, we're playing these guys. No matter if they're young or old, we're playing them. And, uh, and one of the names to look out for is Hobbs, a cornerback. He made a big sack on Geno Smith in the preseason game, knocked him out of the game if you, if you guys watched that one. Um, but he could more than likely be the starting cornerback for the Raiders. And the Raiders have invested a lot of draft picks into that secondary. And for Hobbs to come in and take that starting job, it's uh, it's interesting. So Gruden as an offensive play calling, yeah, he could be in the top 10. But Gruden as a head coach uh, right now and everything that he's been handling, I could see you, I could see you putting him outside the top 10. I think the biggest thing that's falling around is that contract. And speaking on that too, let's say the Raiders fall more into my prediction. What do you think they got to do? What's next for this team? You got to get them out. out. I'd be ready to move on. If they have another collapse, like they have had the last two years, I will be calling for John Gruden's head. Yes. I cannot take that again because how can you be sitting there six and four or seven and four one year and lose the rest of your games? Like, come on. Nine to 10 wins gets you in the playoffs. So you're going to say you couldn't win one or two more games just to get Raider fans want to get to the playoffs. We don't want you to, we don't, you don't have to win a Super Bowl. I would love for you to win a Super Bowl, but can you please get us in the playoffs? Can we please get to a playoff game? Like that's all I'm asking for right now. 
I just baby steps, baby step. But yeah, if, if Gruden, I would say if he goes seven, if seven wins or less, if, if he goes eight and nine and it was because of injuries or maybe one or two bad, you know, field goals here and there, I could do it. But seven wins or less, I'll be calling for his head. Yeah. Okay. On the last team in the division, they've won the AFC the last two years. Last season finished at 14 and two. Vegas has their line at 12 and a half and 79% of people are going with the over on that. And I'm one of them. I have them going 13 and four again. When I just look at obviously the weak talent that is Patrick Mahomes, throw in Andy Reid as the play caller. They revamped their offensive line in a big way this offseason, gaining Orlando Brown, Tooney from New England. All these things that just make like a good team, a great team, even better. It just just continuing to add to the riches. Their defense is always still a little suspect. As we saw, obviously, Tampa Bay ripped them apart in the Super Bowl. But it was just a struggle in that game altogether. I mean, obviously, Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. And Kansas City saw that and said, you know what? Let's fix the one big flaw that we have. And I think they patched that hole. I think that they should be back in the same position they were last year. Yeah, Kansas City's good. I, I don't know how, like you said, you mentioned strength of schedule and the Raiders have a hard schedule. Have you looked at Kansas City's schedule? Pretty damn easy. Like, I saw one guy say Kansas City's going 17-0. <laughs> I was like, and then I looked at their schedule. Like, at first I was laughing at it, and I was like, yeah, okay. Then I look at their schedule, and I'm like, huh. Yeah, they could. I guess they could. I'm with you, 13-4, and four, because of that defense, like you said. And every year we say the same thing, right? We sit here and we go, Kansas City defense is not good. But for some reason, they they show up. They have good two great pass rushers. They got you there. Other than that, with the honey badger sitting back there, but with those two pass rushers, that's all that's all you really need. If they get to the quarterback, you're gonna stop them. Uh, you know, the, the defense is gonna do good. Patrick Mahomes is magic man. I'm not sold on the offensive line like some people are. Yeah, the right side they cleared up, the left side is still hurting. But yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs, they're here to stay for a while. I think they're going to be a little bit more balanced this year. Um, Orlando Brown definitely is a great like run blocker. So I think that adding him into this scheme should open up more holes for CEH and get him involved. Obviously, we know what uh, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill can do for an offense. The ability to just take the top off. As far as like the, the argument for them being 17 and 0, I just know the Chiefs are always a weird team in the sense that the fact that they played in so many close games last year. I actually had them like splitting, for example, another year with the Raiders. I think I had them even splitting with the Chargers. I think that there's just going to be a couple games throughout in their division that they're going to lose. What, what more can you really say about this team? They just have elite weapons across their offense. And like you said, some great core pieces on their defense between Tyron Matthew and Chris Jones. I, it's not like I can see them regressing all the way back to nine and seven or something. Andy Reid, just in general, his level as a head coach, he hasn't been at that level since that last year in Philadelphia. I, as much as I would love to drop the Chiefs in the standings, no. I, I think even going 13 and four was being it's being conservative. 14, 14 <laughs> 15 wins. Yeah, you, you never want to say 17 and 0, and you never want to say zero and 17 for a team. Like, I, I personally don't. Well, uh, I did say 0 and 17 for the Jaguars last year, but they had to go ruin it for me in week one. Week one, yeah. <laughs> and they yeah. Didn't, didn't win a game the rest of the year. So I was close you're to being there, right. I was, I was right there. Obviously, it was hard enough for teams to go perfect when the schedule was 16 and 0. They're not doing it now that it's 17 no. games. Add an extra wild card week, everything else that we got going on. No, it's just so much harder to do it in today's game. And especially with how balanced everything is, again, with the division game better around them, there's just no way the Chiefs go 17 and 0. Yeah, I don't think so either. No way. Well, you know, hey, we've gotten a lot of great preseason games here in the last week. Um, would you say that this is the most exciting preseason you've seen in a while? 
I think so because everybody's everybody misses it. Everybody's been missing it. COVID, with all the COVID, like we had our season last year, but we couldn't go to the games. We couldn't be in the stands. I think the Raiders and the and the Rams and their stadium, they both had over sixty five thousand people in their state for a preseason game. Are you ta- are you kidding me? Like then with the hype in Chicago with Justin Fields, like like there's like multiple quarterbacks. You guys, the 49ers with Trey Lance, people are are losing their minds over these quarterbacks right now. Uh, yeah, preseason has been hyped up, but football's number one. You know that definitely the influx of elite rookie quarterbacks I I think has made this one so much more enjoyable and then the energy of the crowds even seeing the uh, Raiders and seeing what's going on with Las Vegas seeing crowds out there SoFi Stadium being filled just such a joy to watch and get that back and I will be thrilled as an Niners fan our home county won't kick us out and send us to Arizona this year I think that alone will be a huge thing for the Niners that's still crazy to look back on Out of all the things that happened during COVID, no other team got kicked out of their own stadium. What the hell, Santa Clara? Yeah, just the Niners. Well, it's California, you know. Exactly. (laughs) All right, man. Well, cool. Warzone Sports Network, give us all the plugs. What are you guys working on next? What can we expect from you, and how can we follow? Follow us on YouTube, Warzone Sports Network. Follow us on Instagram. You can go to warzonesportsnetwork.com. Everything's on there. We got fantasy shows. We got basketball basketball we everything and every anything every monday we've been doing mock drafts um we're doing division breakdowns like like we just did right now we're doing that on every single division but yeah warzone sports network it's the we call it the network built by fans for the fans so come on over third time on the show won't be the last time joe morley joe morley sports warzone sports network Check him out, Slump Busters. Hit that subscribe button if you're following on YouTube. At Slump Buster Podcast on IG, at Slump Buster Pod on Twitter. Don't be a chump. Use promo code SLUMP and save yourself some money on your next delicious purchase of cold brew coffee from CavemanCoffeeCo.com. Yes, CavemanCoffeeCo.com, promo code SLUMP. Guys, I need you to stay safe, happy, and healthy, and we'll see you on the next one.